Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm thankful that I know a Savior that hears and answers our prayer. He knows what we're going through. He knows what we're facing in life. And what's so great about it is God is still in control today. Amen. We want to welcome everyone that's joined us on the broadcast this evening. Service is coming from the First Pentecostal Church here in Silsby. And uh, we want you to just join in and worship the Lord. I ask all the church folks, if you will, get your family together. Let's treat this like a church service. 
And uh, let's worship and praise God together. I know that we are separate, but we can praise God together. And uh, let's magnify Him and worship Him because He is He is great and greatly to be praised. We want to pray tonight. We want to take some needs before the Lord. And uh, we want to pray especially for Sister McKinley. Let's pray for Sister Alice. Let's pray for all of those who are sick and battling uh, sicknesses that God would touch them. Every member of this congregation, this community, ask God to touch uh, our our state, touch our community, our state, and our country, and this entire world in this uh, crisis that we are in right now. We need God's help and God's divine intervention, and we pray that God would do just that. We want to pray also for Brother Harvey called and wanted to request prayer for Elmer Ashcraft. Let's remember that need. Sister Mansfield's brother uh, died in an automobile accident this afternoon. Let's pray for her and pray for that family and ask God to touch and strengthen them. In such a terrible time for this due to all that is going on, there's never a good time to say goodbye, I don't guess, but... This uh, situation that we're in complicates everything. So let's pray for them and ask God to touch them and work. Ask God to move in our lives and our hearts and our souls in this service tonight. That God would speak to us. God knows what we need tonight. So let's just join together in prayer. Join together in prayer in your home. Let's take these needs before the Lord. God, we love you today. We thank You, Savior, for Your goodness, for Your mercy, for Your blessings, for Your touch, for Your help, God, for this opportunity that You've given us, God, that we can come together in faith-believing, Lord Jesus, that You are the healer, that You are a miracle worker, God. You see these requests that's been made known. I pray, Lord, that You would heal those who are sick. Deliver those who are bound. Comfort those who are in the need of comfort today, God. And we ask You, Lord, to speak to us tonight. Let us feel Your presence, Your power, Your anointing. God, anoint Brother Smith as he brings the Word of God to us tonight as we come to worship and to praise and to glorify You. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. While you're in your home, why don't you just clap your hands, shout unto God with the voice of triumph, give God a little bit of praise today, because God is worthy of all of our praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. We're thankful that you're able to join us today, and uh, we had such a wonderful uh, service here Sunday uh, afternoon. We had to reschedule the service, move it to three o'clock due to the weather and uh, things that were going on. But God gave us a beautiful afternoon and such a wonderful uh, move of the Holy Ghost as we gather together uh, on the parking lot here at the church and uh, the presence of the Lord. I, I don't know I've always been kind of uh, critical of this uh, charismatic way of honk your horn if you love Jesus. But we did have a great time in the Lord Sunday afternoon. And uh, it was just great to see people get together. Some of you haven't seen in quite a while. And uh, it was a joy and an honor and a privilege to be able to see you. 
as you pulled through the parking lot and we were able to wave at you and and greet you, uh, not with a holy kiss or a holy handshake, but just a, a holy wave, I guess. And uh, we are we are just trusting in God that God will work in what we're going through right now. And uh, God will quickly bring this to an end and get us all back to as close to normal as we possibly can be and uh, get our country back on track and uh, our economy back on track and get our church back together. And uh, I tell you what, we want, I think after, after missing all of these services together and uh, even when we were having smaller groups coming together, um, our, our, our church has uh, been quite different for the last few weeks. And I hope today, I hope and I pray that it's stirred up a spirit of uh, in, inside of us that we would realize what, what privilege we have <clears throat> to come to such a wonderful place of worship and to glorify and to magnify such a great and a mighty and a powerful God. So when we do get to come back together, we won't have to pump each other to get to church. And uh, we won't have to pat each other on the back to get someone to worship and to praise God. But I want us to come into this house glorifying, magnifying God. Amen. I, I believe it's going to be like the, like the children of Israel when they came back to Jerusalem, weeping and praising and magnifying God. Because sometimes our luxuries and our blessings have to be taken away from us before we realize how blessed that we really are. And uh, I pray today that this would awaken the church, the church, the body of Christ, to realize that we are living in the last days, that our freedom and our privileges can be taken away in a moment's time. And uh, we don't ever want to take it for granted. I know that we have taken it for granted many times, but let's not do it again. Amen. I want to remind you of services Sunday, our service schedule, our our like this, this is, um, of course, everything depends on the weather now. And uh, so we are going to attempt an outdoor service again in the parking lot at 10 o'clock Sunday morning. So remember that. 10 o'clock Sunday morning on the parking lot. Everybody stay in your cars. And uh, we're going to meet together and worship the Lord again. Now, now if uh, it is raining, I will send out a text. If the weather is bad, I will send out a text and uh, give you more information on that. But I might move inside and preach just uh, looking out the glass doors. But if you can sit in the parking lot, I think it'll be great just to come to the house of God and just get as close as you can to the house of the Lord. And uh, let's magnify the Lord together. So remember that Sunday morning at 10 o'clock and then Sunday night service at 7 o'clock. Uh, we will be doing an online service again. And uh, so um, we are so thankful to have Brother Smith and Sister Smith here with us. And uh, it's just been an honor and a privilege to have them here. And um, they normally come and stay with us this time, well, uh, in March every year. And uh, so they've had a little extended stay this time. And for that, I am grateful and thankful. They are a great help and a blessing to me uh, spiritually and uh, mentally and physically because 
they're very good cooks, and we've been enjoying a lot of that that cooking. And uh, so I am thankful for them, and plus the Word of God. I've been enjoying the Word of God, and I think it's the last three Wednesday nights He's been teaching to us about <clears throat> keys to getting God to answer our prayers and um, getting God's attention. And uh, so we we definitely need God's attention today. And I believe that we have God's attention. And I believe that God is working for us. And God is going to work even more in the next few days. And I'm just believing and trusting in God. But we're so glad that they're here with us tonight. We want Brother Smith to come, obey the Lord, preach to us what the Lord has laid on his heart. Uh, for this service, I know God has given him something good to, for us, and uh, because he's a good man, and uh, he's a godly man, and then God always prepares something good for his people. So uh, let's worship the Lord together. I encourage you to get your Bibles out and uh, turn your house into a church right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Brother Smith. Thank you, Pastor Looper, and I greet everybody this evening in the name of the Lord Jesus, the name that's above every name. There's power in His name. There's healing in His name. There's great victory in His name. There's salvation only in the name of Jesus, and what a privilege it is for us to be the people of His name People that know the name of Jesus and know what Jesus can do. Amen. We love Brother and Sister Looper. It's always a privilege to be with them and uh, all of their family. Also to be with Elder and Sister Duplessis. We love all of these people and esteem them highly for their work in the kingdom of God. It's always a privilege to come to First Pentecostal Church in Silsby. And back over the, as I look back over the past several years, it's always a highlight to come to Silsby and to enjoy wonderful fellowship with God's people here. I would have to say every time we come is uh, an enjoyable time. This has been uh, a unique time, I would have to say that. You know, I'm getting to to see some of you from a distance here and there and got to wave at some of you in the parking lot on Sunday, Uh, get to preach to some of you, and I'm sure that uh, you are uh, not only tuned in to this broadcast, but I hope you're tuned in to what the Lord wants to say. And what the Lord wants to give us from His Word again tonight. Amen. It's not possible right now for us to be together in the church building. But we can be together in the Spirit. In our, in our focused attention upon the Lord. And opening our hearts to the Word of the Lord to receive what that He has for us. I give special Thanks to this church family and to Pastor Looper for such a, a wonderful support over the years in helping the Smiths do what we do. 
to enhance the work of the Lord and to build up the kingdom of God all over the world. And it's been a great blessing to us, Brother Looper. Thank you. It's been a great blessing to thousands of people all over the world. And I thank you for your for your confidence and for the investment that has been made in helping us to do God's work. Early this morning, before I could even get out of bed to begin my day, words of this old church song from, from days of my childhood it became flooding through my mind. The songwriter said, I am thine, O Lord, I have heard thy voice, and it told thy love to me, but I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to thee. That's exactly how I feel in my walk and relationship with God. This may have been a song that I sung as a boy long before I knew all of the words, but it's still a song with tremendous meaning to me. The songwriter said, Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope and my will be lost in thine. Oh, the pure delight of a single hour that before thy throne I spend when I kneel in prayer and with thee, my God, I commune as friend with friend. Then the fourth verse, there are depths of love that I cannot know till I cross the narrow sea. There are heights of joy that I may not reach till I rest in peace with thee. Then the refrain that simply says, draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to the cross where Thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to Thy precious bleeding side. I wonder, I wonder what the number one reason is. For each of us setting this time aside this evening. A time when we are making an effort to connect with the church family and to get into the presence of God. Why do we do such things on a regular basis? And why do we obey the Scripture that says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as we see the day approaching. Why do we follow this? Why do we feel so pulled in this direction? And when we enter into the presence of God, do we come with a particular expectation? In James chapter 4 and verse number 8, the writer tells us, Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. He will. He does. But do we come 
before Him? And do we strive to get into His presence with the expectation that as we draw near to Him, that He's going to draw near to us as well. Furthermore, in Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And he said, I will give you rest. What a privilege to come to him. What a privilege for us to enter into his presence. But I wonder how near or how close to God do we really want to be? Over the past few days, I've reread the accounts of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so very many things have caught my attention all over again. Things too numerous to mention in this service on this midweek night, even though Zacchaeus was a descendant of Abraham, he was despised by his own people who viewed him as a traitor because he served as chief tax collector in the Roman political system. Yet whenever Zacchaeus heard that Jesus was coming through Jericho, he really desired, or as the Scripture puts it, he sought to see him. Of course, Zacchaeus wasn't very tall, and there were so many people in the crowd that it was virtually impossible for him to see Jesus. And so he ran ahead of everybody else and he climbed up into a sycamore tree. There was a reason why he did it. He wanted to get close enough to see the miracle worker. He wanted to see Jesus as he passed that way. And as a result of getting that close to Jesus, the Bible tells us that salvation came to his house that day. The gospel writers also speak of certain parents bringing their children to Jesus. But, but have you ever wondered why? That they would do that, especially when Jesus' disciples wanted so very much to push them away and to get them away from Jesus. All I can tell you is these parents truly wanted to get close enough to Jesus in hopes that He would nearly touch their little ones. They just wanted Him to put His hands on them and bless them. And you know what? He did it. He did it. The woman with an issue of blood that we read about in the fifth chapter of Mark said, if I can just get close enough to touch His clothes, I shall be whole. And that's just exactly what happened for her that day. She got close enough to touch Him. And the miracle of her deliverance and her healing transpired that very day. The disciple that's known to us as John the Beloved got close enough to the Master to actually lean on his bosom or on his chest during what we call the Last Supper. And later in time, 
After John had endured terrible tribulation, persecution at the hand of Domitian who ruled Rome, John was exiled to the desolate desolate Isle of Patmos, just off the coast of modern-day Turkey. I'm told that this Isle of Patmos was a rocky, barren place. Without trees, there were no rivers, and no land at all for cultivation except for a few little nooks between ledges and more rocks. Yet in the face of such difficulty, adversity, in the face of such human despair, John pressed beyond all of that. And the Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 1 beginning at verse 10 that he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And he heard a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I'm Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write it in a book. Thus we today have the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him and now to us. But before it could ever happen, John had to get close enough to God to receive the revelation. He had to get beyond all of the distractions, all of the unpleasantries. He had to get beyond all of the frustrations, all of the adversity, all of the despair. He had to get into the Spirit. He had to get into the presence of God. However, not everybody desires or wants to be that close to the Lord Jesus Christ. For example, it's proven from Scripture that Judas Iscariot was actually a double-minded follower. And in finale, this Judas betrayed the Lord for a measly 30 pieces of silver. According to the Gospel record, even Simon Peter at one point was following Jesus from afar off. He warmed himself by the enemy's fire. And because he didn't stay as close to the master as he should have, eventually he even denied the Lord not once, not twice, but on three separate occasions. Reading from the sixth chapter of John's Gospel, we find Jesus talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. And the Bible says from that time, many of his disciples or his followers, many went back and they walked with him no more. What I'm trying to explain is not everybody wants to get as close to Jesus as Zacchaeus did. Not everybody wants to be as close to Jesus as some of these other individuals that I've just talked about. And that's where you and I have to ask ourselves the question. We have to ask ourselves how close do we really want to be to Jesus? You see, it's no wonder, therefore, 
that Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 12, Let him that thinketh he stands take heed lest he fall. It's not enough for us to claim to be part of a church family. It's not even enough for somebody to say, I belong to First Pentecostal Church of Silsby, Texas. The question is, how close do we really want to be to Jesus? And so, my subject tonight is in the form of a question that I have just asked. How close do we really want to be to Jesus? In Old Testament times, as noted in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verses 13 and 14, God told His people, you'll... Find me in the day that you search for me with all of your heart. And he also said, that is when I'll turn again your captivity. I'll bring you again to the place from whence you have been carried away. If you really want everything that God has for you in this hour, then it is imperative that we search for Him with all of our hearts because that is the place where we will find Him. And that is the place where He will come through and He will meet the needs of His people even to the point, He said, of turning away your captivity and bringing you again to the place from whence you've been carried away. But I have to ask, as we look back to this Old Testament Scripture and we hear God telling His people such such a thing, I have to ask, how close did these people really want to be to Him? According to biblical record, uh, in Old Testament times, these people were stiff-necked. They were continually... Uh, disobeying God's voice. They backslid further and further away from God until they were literally carried into a land of captivity by their adversaries. According to Matthew chapter 22, beginning at verse 35, a certain Pharisee who was a lawyer tempted the Lord one day by asking Him this question. He said, Master, Which is the first and great commandment in the law? To which Jesus replied to the man, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. But in all honesty, I'm not so sure that the man was that interested in getting all that close to Jesus. The Bible said he came tempting him. He asked a good question. He wanted to know about the first and the great commandment in the law. But when Jesus responded again, I'm not sure the man wanted to be that close to God. In Matthew 15 and verse 8, Jesus spoke of people who drew near to Him with their mouth. They honored Him with their lips. But at the same time, their hearts were so far away. From God. 
We also notice in Second Chronicles chapter 25, verse number 2, the time when that King Joash died, and his son, whose name was Amaziah, became king over Judah. Amaziah was only 25 years of age at the time, and Scripture tells us that he reigned for 29 years in Jerusalem. But I want you to notice verse number 2 of this chapter that tells us a very interesting fact about this King Amaziah. It said he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. I wish that would have been the end of the story. I wish that would have been the epitaph that could have been placed on his gravestone when he finally died. But not so, because even though the Bible said he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, it goes on to say, but not with a perfect heart. In other words, he wasn't wholly sold out. There were things that he held in reserve. There were things that he did not do that were acceptable. That, that I should say, there were things he did that were unacceptable in the sight of God. So may God help every one of us as his people tonight. Once again, I'm going to ask, how close to God do we really want to be in this hour anyway? We've been facing things that are rather challenging and very stressful. We've been going through... Uh, days of life in ways that we're not very uh, accustomed to. But uh, how close to God do we really want to be? How important is it to us anyway to want to be assembled together with the people of God and in fellowship one with another? How important is it to us that we would come together for corporate prayer, for corporate worship. How important is it to us that we would come together and feel the strength and the camaraderie of the people of God. I'm telling you, in the presence of God, there is great victory. And there's something about when the people of God are united together and we come together. It happens with such great force and great triumph when the power of God is poured. Out. That's how it happened on the day of Pentecost. They were in one place with one accord when suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Yes, it is important. And yes, we need to cherish the moment and the occasions. And we need to understand we must strive to get as close to God as we really can be. From Second Kings chapter 2. We read about the prophet Elijah telling Elisha to stay at Gilgal. And then the prophet told Elisha, tarry at Bethel and to remain at Jericho, etc. However, in every instance, Elisha said to his master, as the Lord liveth, and as long as you're alive, I will not leave thee. And so the two of them went on together. 
According to verse number 9, and again we are in Second Kings chapter 2, verse number 9. After they crossed over Jordan River, Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I'm taken from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. That was a wonderful request. I would hope David Smith would request that very thing if that was my opportunity today. He said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. To which the prophet Elijah replied, you've asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, you'll have what you've asked for. But notice it wasn't going to happen any other way. And so, verse 11 tells us that they went on together and they talked together until there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire that came between the two of them. And Elijah was taken up into heaven, the Bible said, by a whirlwind. At which point Elisha took hold of his own clothes and he rent them in pieces. And he then reached down and he picked up the mantle of the prophet Elijah that had fallen back to the earth. And Elisha walked back to the Jordan River. And as he stood by the waters of Jordan, the Bible tells us that he said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And as he did so, he smote the waters with that mantle, and the waters parted hither and thither, so that Elisha crossed over to the other side. Oh, that's the tremendous benefit of being close enough and staying close enough to the Master that we're able to claim His promises. Elijah said, if you see me when I go, you can have it. I've come to tell you tonight, as you're listening to this broadcast, if you get that close to the Master, if you get close enough to Him that you're calling on His name and you're touching Him by faith, you can claim every promise that He's made available to you. Oh, hallelujah. In fact, I wonder, I wonder even tonight just how many of God's precious promises are waiting to be claimed by those of us who are called by His name. Do we always receive what we need or must we admit that sometimes we're not close enough to claim the promise that He really has in store for us? I also wonder what God may have in mind for every one of us who are part of this service tonight. Whether you are listening from home, having church there in your living room or kitchen, whatever part of your home or vehicle you may be positioned in right now, uh, I, I'm wondering, I'm wondering what God may have in mind for us. Right now, we're close enough to touch Him. Right now, some may have climbed high enough to get a glimpse of things that you've never seen or understood before. There may even be a John the Beloved who's listening to this service this evening 
And at this moment, you're leaning on the bosom of Jesus. On the other hand, however, there may very well be a double-minded follower like Judas, who is listening to tonight's service. Remember, it comes back to the question, which is the subject of my message tonight. How close do you really want to be to Jesus? Somebody else who's come face to face with truth on certain occasions, yet whenever you get around family members or other friends or fellow workers or so-called Christians who aren't exactly on the same page of revelation, you find yourself denying the infallible Word of God. So my question again to one and all is how near or how close to God are we really going to be? Are we going to pursue everything He has in store for us or like others have done in the past? Will we also go back and walk with Him no more? In the 91st Psalm, verse number 1, the writer said, and I've quoted this portion of Scripture from the days of my youth. The the writer said, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I want to say to everyone that's a part of this service tonight, that's just exactly how close I want to be to Jesus. I want to be so close to Him that I dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 6, Jesus said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Remember, our closeness to God affects what we hunger for. But by the very same token, what we hunger for is also going to affect our closeness to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It goes both directions. Someone said, oh, you know, uh, I I, want to be so close to God. My question is, what are you so hungry for? Are you hungry for anything else more so than you are a close relationship with God? Because whatever we hunger for is definitely going to affect our closeness to the Lord Jesus Christ. According to Matthew chapter 15, Jesus told scribes and Pharisees at Jerusalem, these people that saw themselves as the religious people of His day, Jesus told them that they were worshiping Him in vain. You see, Jesus had a real problem with their doctrine. Because they were more interested in personal views and teachings of men than they were about adhering to the mind and ways of God Himself. So Jesus said, in vain do you worship me. In James chapter 4 and verse 4, we're told that friendship of the world is enmity with God. And the writer went on to say, Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. 
This is serious business. This is serious business for David Smith. This is serious business for Pastor Looper. This is serious business for everybody that's a part of First Pentecostal Church of Silsby. This is serious business for everybody listening to this broadcast tonight. The Bible makes it plain. That friendship with the world is enmity with God. I hope all of us recognize that our views about holy living and being separate from a sinful world are certainly going to have tremendous bearing on just how close we will actually be to the Lord Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17... The Apostle Paul gave God's people a very clear challenge. Whenever he said, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. That's what he said. I will receive you. The Lord went on to say in verse 18, I'll be a father unto you and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. I want to declare from this podium tonight that holy living unto God is still the Bible way. It's still the right way. It's still what God expects of His people. He still wants us to come out from among the world and be separate. And it's going to have bearing on how close we get to God. In fact, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 instructs us to follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. I know that's an old-fashioned teaching. I know that some people say that the subject is antiquated in our day. I want to tell somebody that our God never changes. I want to tell somebody tonight, don't allow your mind to be confused and befuddled by the lies of the evil one. We still are a holy people set apart unto God. And without following peace and without holiness, the Bible writer said, no man shall see the Lord. However, at least the latter portion of that particular verse is no longer relevant to a lot of so-called Christians, even Pentecostals of this present day. It seems that much of present-day Pentecostalism has been influenced to a great extent by what is commonly referred to as the charismatic movement over the past 50 years or more. However... Let me, let me declare it very clearly tonight. Our apostolic Pentecostal roots are not found in the charismatic renewal of the sixties or the seventies. Rather, our link to history, to Pentecostal history, runs all the way back to an event that's plainly recorded in the book of Acts, where the Bible said on the day of Pentecost, the promised Holy Ghost was poured 
poured out in an upper room at Jerusalem. Initially, there were 120 who spoke with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. However, it didn't stop with 120. Later that very same day, there were 3,000 more souls that were added to the church. The Bible tells us in verse 47 of Acts chapter 2 that the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. In chapter 4 and verse number 4, following the arrest of Peter and John, who were boldly preaching about Jesus, we read of of how about 5,000 men who heard the word believed. Furthermore, Acts chapter 6 and verse 1 tells us uh, that the number of disciples was multiplied. The following verse references a multitude of disciples from verse number 7. Same chapter we read, the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And the record goes on and on and on. That's where our roots go back to. That's where our link is connected to this Pentecostal experience. Not to something that happened a half a century ago. No, no, no. It happened on the day of Pentecost in the city called Jerusalem as a fulfillment of a promise that Jesus had made. Unfortunately, however, not all future reports are so glowing Not all of them are as uplifting as those I've just referenced from Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4 and Acts chapter 6. No. Do you know why? Because God's people have always had to address the very same question. Whether back in Old Testament times or during days of the early New Testament church, Or even the present hour in which we're living right now. You see, the all-important question will always be, how close do we really want to be to the Lord? Those from the past had to decide how close they were going to be. To all whom I minister this evening, you also will have to decide how close. You really want to be to Jesus. In fact, even the preacher, even David Smith, who delivers God's word in tonight's setting, has to address the very same question over and over again. How close do I really want to be to Jesus anyway? In John chapter 14, verse number 14. Jesus told us, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. What a promise. What a wonderful promise for us as God's people, even in this 21st century. He said, if you ask anything in my name. I will do it. But notice, in the following verse, he emphatically said, If you love me, keep my commandments. So many people want to quote verse number 14 and throw verse number 15 aside. 
but they're in the same context. If we want to ask and receive, then we need to strive to get close enough to him that he can do exactly what he said he would do. I wonder how many of us this evening really want to be that close to him. As a boy of just ten years of age, I was so, so hungry for God. And so very much I wanted him to fill me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That with all of my heart I would pray and ask God for this Holy Ghost baptism. I, I can remember before I ever received the Holy Ghost that of being so hungry for it that I would literally dream at night that I was receiving the Holy Ghost. And in my dreams, I would speak with tongues and I'd wake up so disappointed because it was a dream only. I was so happy in my dream because finally I'd spoken with tongues as the Spirit gave me utterance. And I'd wake up and say, oh. But I'll tell you what it did for me. It whetted my appetite. It made me realize how real this Holy Ghost is. It made me so hungry and thirsty for it that I said, God, whatever it takes, I want this Holy Ghost. And I would tell the Lord time and time again, I'll be whatever you want me to be. I'd tell the Lord, I'll say whatever you want me to say. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go wherever you want me to go. And I have to say, as a young child, I may not have understood a whole lot about all those promises I was making because what does an eight and a nine and a ten-year-old boy know about doing and saying and going and being all that God wants me to be? But I meant it. I meant it from my from my childish heart. I meant it, Lord. I, I want to get that close to You. I want to get that near to You that You'll fill me with the Holy Ghost. I meant what I told the Lord then and all these years later. All these many, many years later, I'm still keeping my promises to the Lord. I told Him I'd do it then and I mean I'll do it now. I want to be that close to Him. In closing this evening, I, I want to just tell a little story, and maybe I've shared this uh, in Silsby before, but if I have, why, it bears repeating. Uh, it has inspired me through the years. Some years ago, there was an elderly lady who I came in contact with at one of the nursing facilities that was uh, in our area. Our church family was very active and involved in outreach services, and we were holding uh, church services in various uh, medical, skilled medical facilities. And so, anyway, I would go to this one particular facility myself most every Sunday, and uh, there would be 35, 40 people that would uh, turn out uh, for the church service that we would conduct in the day room. And uh, those people would come, some of them walking, some of them being wheeled in wheelchairs. And, and, uh, but they'd come into the service and we'd have some, uh, 
some wonderful Pentecostal music and singing, and there'd be a few testimonies that would be given, and and uh, then I would give a brief exhortation or challenge from the Word of the Lord. And time and time again, these people who were not at liberty to to do all they wanted to do and to go as they wanted to go. They were enjoying the services in their facility, and I would observe tears running down their faces, and I'd go and I would pray with them. And, and as a result, we, we, uh, we saw many of them repent of their sins, and uh, they were born again. We baptized them in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. And and uh, they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave utterance. And there was this one woman, her name was Gwyneth, but she said, I don't like my name. You call me Bia. So I said, well, okay, I'll call you Bia. And she was a lady at that time in her uh, early 80s. And uh, she knew nothing of Pentecost until she attended our uh, church services there in that medical facility. And uh, she became so interested in what God had for her and so hungry for what God wanted to do for her that she said, Preacher, I, I want to come to your church. I said, well, we're bringing church to you. I want to come to the church for services. And so we sought permission, and her son, who was her guardian, granted permission for his mother. Now, I'd have to say Bia was very keen, very sharp in her mind. Her mind was very alert, and uh, she knew exactly what she was doing. But she came to church, and uh, as a result of being in the church services and after understanding the Word of God, she wanted to be baptized in Jesus' name. And again, she had to get permission from her guardian, who was her son. But he said, well, if that's what mother wants to do, she's been in church all of her life. But if she wants to be baptized, you see, he didn't have an understanding of of biblical truth. But he said, if that's what mother wants to do, it's okay. So we baptized her in Jesus' name. And Bia would come to church services. We'd have to sign her out of the facility, load her into a vehicle, bring her to the church house, and uh, uh, she was never supposed to be standing on her own without help because she was very unstable on her feet. And uh, we were responsible for her. I'll remember, I'll never forget, it was one Sunday night, was a Sunday night meeting where the Spirit of the Lord had been moving in such a profound manner and the altars were filled with people praying and reaching out to the Lord. The Holy Ghost was being poured out. And uh, Bea, who was not sitting in her wheelchair, she wanted to sit right in the front seat and so she'd been helped out of a wheelchair and she was sitting in the front pew and and she's there and the altar service is going on and she's praying and her hands are up and she's asking God to fill her with the Holy Ghost. And, and I remember going by and praying with her and just, oh, she was so intent on reaching out to touch the Lord. But, you know, she was from a denominal background where all of this was new to her just a few weeks or a few months before. And so... I got busy praying with other people in the altar that night. And uh, I happened to, as I was down at the altar praying with somebody, I happened to glance to the other side of the altar area. And I noticed Bea was not in her seat. 
I looked and Bea was almost up on the platform. There were three steps to our platform. This one has four. There were three up onto our platform and she was on the second step. She was on her way to the platform. I left the person I was praying with and ran to that side of the altar and I said, Bea, what are you doing? I got a hold of her, you know, so she wouldn't fall. And she said, Pastor, she said, I, I want this Holy Ghost. She said, I was praying for it right back there in that front seat, she said, and, and I wasn't getting it. So she said, I looked up here on the platform and I said, oh, maybe God's up there. If I go up there, I can get this Holy Ghost. And she said, that's why I'm climbing up on this platform. I helped her up the last step, got her steadied on her feet, put my hand on her head, and instantly she began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. It's not that God was any more real on the platform than He was in the front seat, the difference is uh, she wanted to get as close as she could. uh, And in her mind, she thought, maybe God is there. Maybe I can get the Holy Ghost up there. And so whatever it was going to take, nothing was going to stand in her way. Nothing was going to stop her from receiving what God wanted to do for her that night. And it happened. It happened just like God wanted it to happen. And so I'm saying somewhere and sometime, all of us too have to decide how close we really want to be to God. I close this evening in the 16th chapter of Mark's Gospel, verses 16 and 17. Jesus spoke about powerful and phenomenal signs that will follow believers. And then in verse number 20 of that chapter, uh, tells us that after the Lord was received up into heaven, the disciples went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. I want you to know those signs, those phenomenal signs that follow believers are still available for believers today. They're still part of this Pentecostal church of the end time hour. Amen. But for those signs to operate as God would have for them to operate. For the Lord to work with us as the Lord wants to work with us. We have to decide how close We really want to be to him. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6, Paul, the writer, said, The Lord hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I want to be with him. I want to sit with him. I want to be in communion with him. I want to be in fellowship with him. I want him to be able to work with me and with us confirming his word with signs following even in these last days. That's just exactly how close I want to be to the Lord my God. As one songwriter said, Oh 
let me walk with you, Jesus. Don't ever leave me alone, for without you I could never know, never make heaven my home. Tonight the challenge is yours. The challenge is mine. And I want you to know if in these days even of challenge that we're living in right now, we'll strive and seek to get closer to God. There is no telling what God wants to do. There is no telling what kind of an outpouring of the Holy Ghost there's going to be. How that God's hands will reach beyond closed doors and locked windows and reach right down into people's hearts and minds and tug at them and pull them backsliders and lukewarm hearts and people that are not where they need to be with God. If the church will be the church, if we'll desire to be as close to God as we can be, there is no limit to what God will do. God bless First Pentecostal Church of Silsby. God bless all of you that have been part of this meeting on a Wednesday night. I trust your heart will be stirred. I trust your soul will be yearning and that all of us will reach for the greater things of God in these days and of time that we're living right now. God bless you, Pastor Looper. Right now. Why don't you join us in your homes right now? Let's stand together and let's lift up our hands and our voices toward heaven right now and ask God for His help and for His strength today. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, help us, God, to draw near to Thee, O Lord. Put a desire in our hearts and our souls and our spirits, O God. A hunger, Lord Jesus, that we would draw close to You today. That we would draw close to You today, God. Hallelujah. Why don't you take just a few moments in your home right now. Get your family with you today. And let's pray that God, some way, somehow, through what we're going through right now, that we would draw closer. We would not allow the adversary, the enemy of our soul, to destroy our walk with God and our confidence in God. But we would draw near to Him right now in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I pray, God, that You move in every home right now. Touch every mama, touch every daddy, touch every child, God. Oh, Jesus, strengthen every home today. God, put a desire and a determination in our spirits to draw near to Thee today, God. In the name of Jesus, let's praise Him together. Let's praise Him together right now. Let's praise Him together right now. Let's praise Him together right now. Come on, saints of God. Lift up your voice in praise and glorifying and magnifying our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 
I worship you, Lord. I magnify you today, God. I magnify you today, God. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I want to draw near to Thee, God. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Just spend a moment thanking Him right now. Hallelujah, I praise You today, God. I praise You today, God. I worship You. I worship You. I worship You. Let's thank God for His Word right now. Thank You for Your Word, oh God. Thank You for speaking to us tonight, Lord. Thank You for Your mercy and Your grace and Your long-suffering. I thank You, God, for touching those who are sick right now, God. I thank You, Lord, for moving in the hospitals right now, God, and healing those who are sick. I know, God, that You're able, and I give You praise in advance, God. Thank You for moving in every home right now, Lord. Your healing virtue, Your strength, Your power, and Your anointing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Smith, for the wonderful Word of the Lord. Sure enjoyed God's Word tonight. Thank you for joining with us, church, together. I know it's quite different. If you think it's different at home, you are to be here. It's a lot different here. And uh, we want to pray together. And I'll be calling more church group prayer meetings uh, this weekend. And let's remember church Sunday. Everyone that possibly can, I want you to come. If you feel comfortable with coming, sitting in your cars, we're going to worship and glorify God together. Amen. I think we need to be to this old familiar place, worshiping and praising God. Amen. And giving God glory. We draw strength from one another and the presence of God. Lord bless you tonight. Hope you're doing well. Have a great night's rest. Lord bless you, dismissed in Jesus' name.